Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of O-Face Wrestling Podcast. This is your co-host, CT, joined by your host, JT. What's up? And today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, If you follow and listen to those wrestling girls, which you should, you know that they do episodes that they call spotlight episodes, where they focus their episode on a particular superstar. So I've been inspired by them to do something similar, and this episode is going to be all about and focused on AJ Lee. So she is a former WWE superstar, if you're not aware of who she is. Um, She was from the Diva era. Um, She debuted back in 2011, and she ultimately retired on April 3rd, 2015, such a sad day. Um, so if you're not familiar with who she is, you're going to learn today. <laughs> We're going to cover her background, accomplishments, her rise to becoming the second longest reigning Divas champion, all of that. So honestly, I could sit here for hours on end talking about her, but I'm just, I'll try my best to speed it up. So going back to, be, to the beginning, uh, she grew up very poor. Um, Her family struggled with poverty, mental illness, drug addiction, anything you can think of. This girl went through it. Um, At one point, she was homeless. Um, In her book that she wrote, uh, Crazy is My Superpower, um, she mentioned that um, her family was constantly getting evicted from their housing because they were not paying the bills. Um, At one point, for about three years, uh, they were living in a very tiny motel It was five of them. Um, It was her, her brother, her sister, her mom and dad, and a very large pit bull, as she states. Um, And then growing up, she was pretty much an outcast. She didn't really have many friends. She was different. She kind of had that nerdy, kind of geeky vibe going on. Um, And, you know, she was constantly changing schools because she was moving a lot from getting evicted. So, She didn't really have um, that great of a childhood. Um, After high school, she actually attended NYU, but she had to drop out after six months into her studies due to family and financial issues. And after that, she started working full time to avoid uh, to avoid (laughs) to afford (laughs) wrestling training. Um, So she got into wrestling because of her brother. Um, And she decided at 12 years old that she wanted to be a wrestler. Um, And it's known that her biggest inspiration is Lita. There is a video that you can find on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure exactly how old she was, but um, there's a video on YouTube of her meeting Lita. And she's just bawling her eyes out, bawling her eyes out. And who would have thought that AJ Lee would be a top WWE superstar, top diva, as she got older. Um, In March of 2007, she enrolled in a wrestling school close to her home, and she began performing later that year. Um, So for the next two years, she was kind of doing, I guess it's called, what, independent wrestling, I guess. Um, So, you know, she was doing jobs here and there. In May of 2009, she paid... Close to $2,000. It was $1,500 to attend a wrestling tryout camp, but she's from Jersey 
and she had to fly to Florida. So the plane ticket and the hotel it ended up being around $2,000. And at the time, she was living with her sister, Erica, and they did not have a lot of money. They were basically scraping to get by. Um, in her book, she mentions she practically was starving herself because she was saving any and all of her money for this tryout. I think, if I remember, it's been a little bit since I've read the book, but I think there was the year before, in 2008, she wanted to go and try out, but she didn't have the money, so she couldn't, so she had to do it the following year in 2009. Um, but her sister was not very supportive, um, again, because they basically had no money, and her sister was like, I can't believe you're going to spend $2,000 on this when it's not even guaranteed, you know, so she, and she actually kind of had second thoughts about it as well, but she went and did it, and she was signed. Um, she was signed to FCW, um, and while she was in FCW, she took part in the third season of NXT, which began um, September of 2010 where she competed to become WWE's next breakout star. Um, but unfortunately, she was eliminated on November 23rd in third place. Um, and again, you can there's a YouTube video of her, um, uh, like, I guess, elimination speech, like when she got eliminated and she stated in that speech, like, this isn't going to be the last time you hear from me. And that could not be more correct. Um so after that, she made her main roster debut on May 27th in 2011 on SmackDown as part of a tag team with Caitlyn, referring to themselves as the Chickbusters, and kind of did a little bit here and there um, when she made her main roster debut, but nothing too crazy until November of 2011. Um, she was placed in an on-screen romance with Daniel Bryan, and that, that is the beginning of her rise, I would say. When she got paired with him, it was kind of like Pandora's box opened. So, at WrestleMania 28, um, again, she was paired with Daniel Bryan. They were in, um, on-screen romance kind of thing. Um, at WrestleMania 28, um... Daniel Bryan was um, fighting Sheamus for the title. Well, Daniel Bryan had the title, the heavyweight championship, and AJ Lee had given him a quote-unquote good luck kiss, and they kissed. Daniel Bryan turned... Well, the match had started, and Daniel Bryan was like, nope, nope, wait a minute. A him and AJ Lee shared a kiss. As soon as he turned around, Sheamus hit him with the bro kick, and... Daniel Bryan lost the title in 18 seconds. Kiss of death. Kiss of death. That's what he called it. The kiss of death. Um, and of course, Daniel Bryan blamed her for his loss and ended their relationship. And that's when her character really, really, really took off um, as quote unquote mentally unstable. Um, after that, she was in a love triangle with Daniel Bryan, CM Punk and Kane for a little bit kind of. Um, hopping back and forth. Again, I can't explain this too much. It's something you would kind of have to go back and see for yourself. But basically, her character was this crazy chick, hopping from man to man, um, becoming obsessive, and just crazy. That's the best way that I can describe it, just 
crazy. Um, after that kind of settled down, she was in another kind of love triangle with uh, John Cena and Dolph Ziggler. Kind of doing the same thing, just with different men. Again, her character was just this mentally unstable, crazy person. Um, so on April 22nd, 2013, she won a battle royal um, to become the number one contender to face Caitlyn for the Divas Championship. And I remember this match. I don't remember a whole lot because my memory sucks, but I remember this match and I remember being like, what the heck? Because this was kind of one of those things where she was not even really in the match. I think she had gotten like knocked out and she went outside of the ring. Yeah, it's the typical like heel thing where they just kind of like disappear and then pop back. And then, yeah, like comes out of nowhere. And I can't remember who it was that was left, but they're thinking they won. And nope, here comes AJ, like out of nowhere. Um, So she won to become the number one contender. And then between that started a feud, obviously with her and Caitlin and, and that was a good feud. It was. So they had the whole um, secret admirer thing going on where um, AJ or Caitlin was receiving these like secret admirer like letters and flowers and stuff like that. And um, I think she had gotten a letter and was like, meet me out in the ring or something like that. So Caitlin went out into the ring. And of course, like Biggie came out with flowers and she was like, Oh my gosh, and blushing, and I think he had, like, swooped her and, like, went to kiss her and, like, just dropped her. (laughs) And then (laughs) then AJ AJ came out, and it was a whole, you know, but the whole time you didn't really know it was AJ, to my knowledge, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, so AJ came out, and that, that was a very good feud. I will say that much. That was a good feud. And then on June 16th, 2013, AJ defeated Caitlyn and won the Divas Championship, which was a very good match. I thought it Caitlyn was. had it. You were team I, Caitlyn. I was time. at the you time. <laughs> at the time, I was team Caitlyn, and I was so pissed. Yeah, I was watching it on the computer, and <laughs> I was team AJ, and you know, when AJ had Caitlyn tap out. Christy over here slams the computer shut <laughs> on me and then, you know, walks away doing like a little pout. And kind of <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. But looking back on it, you could just tell how excited and happy and blessed AJ felt winning that title. Like she was just bawling her eyes yes. out. She was so happy. And it's like, I don't know what that feeling is, but I can just, I can't imagine having a dream since you were 12 years old and then like having that dream come true. Yeah. That's one of the big things too, is like with AJ, she was one of the very for at least one of the very few women in the divas there. And this is not a knock on some of them girls, but she's one of the few that actually like, it really meant something to her because most of the women during that era were, you know, models and, you know, they were he, basically there, like, they were to there make because, money, yeah. you know. They, I mean, some of them did really appreciate the business. I know Kelly Kelly, like, it actually meant, you know, something to her. But 
AJ was one of the few women at the time who actually came in, you know, as a big fan of wrestling and mm-hmm. actually wrestled on the independent circuit. Because you didn't see a lot of women, you know, with wrestling experience come to WWE at that time. They were either models or, you know, some kind of athletic background that wasn't wrestling. And, you know, AJ, like you saw real emotion for like the first time because you really didn't see that kind of emotion from other you know past divas champions and like just seeing that and she even got a tattoo i think on her neck mm-hmm. of the date of yeah the, like yeah, that was and, a big yeah. deal to her and she and she was a heel and you know you know at the time also you didn't really see heels break kayfabe that much so that was you know like a really big deal seeing that happen yeah i remember this is a little off topic but i remember when sasha won the nxt women's championship and when she won it, she was yelling into the crowd, like holding it up. She was like, I told all of you and, you know, just staying in her character. And um, a documentary that I had watched, um, Triple H was commenting and he was like, wow, like she's actually staying in character. Uh-huh. Like, this is amazing. And, she was crying a little bit, though. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you can't you can only contain it so much. Yeah. But yeah. And he said as soon as she walked through those curtains backstage he said she just broke down. He was like, there she is. <laughs> um, but yeah, because the era that AJ Lee was in, like you mentioned, it was mostly models. And because at the time, women weren't looked at as superstars. And it still makes me emotional today to just think of how far the women have come. Because back then, it was brawn panty matches it was mud matches mm-hmm. it wasn't women yeah, yeah women weren't looked at as wrestlers they superstars they were just eye candy and you know here she comes she's actually like wanting to wrestle a and tomboy it, kind of yeah yeah and even in her book they had made a comment um i don't know exactly when but they had WWE, I think, talent had made a comment to her and they said, People like you, but nobody wants to F you. Yeah. And because of her look, because she didn't have big boobs, she's very, very petite. She's only five foot two. She's, you know, doesn't really mm-hmm. got much going on <laughs> for her. Like, she's extremely pretty, but. You know, and that was at the time kind of a big thing to them. And it's it's very, very sad to, you know, to think that WWE was once that way yep. that, you know, they were just hiring women because of their looks. And the same thing, like I I'm a big Kelly Kelly fan. I love her to death. But she even admitted she was found by WWE in a magazine. Mm-hmm. They literally pulled a magazine. They saw her in it. And they said, hmm, you know, let's bring her in and train her, which is fine. You can do that. But that's typically not the case anymore. You know, these days they it seems like they're bringing more women in and superstars with a wrestling background, which is to me is a good thing. And that, and like another statement I want to make, too, about that, um, you know, in the past around the diva era ember moon tried out for wwe and they denied her and straight up said you don't have the The diva look look." Mm -hmm. and you know that's how they were at one point but one question i have for you is um do you think aj lee 
started the women's revolution? We're going to get into that. Um, I, I don't think it was just her, but I think she, she had the spotlight on her more. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I do agree that Paige played a big role in it while being an NXT, but at the time NXT wasn't what it is now. So yes, she was making noise and she was also a different type of, you know, female character. She wasn't, you know, your diva model look, even though she was very pretty. Yeah. But she came in with wrestling background and she really made noise and, you know, helped. I think she more so kind of started the revolution in NXT. Mm-hmm. And while AJ Lee was on the main roster, you know, making noise. And because the thing with AJ Lee, even before she was wrestling, she still was a main focus in the storylines. Like you talked about the love triangle kind of thing. Like I remember mm-hmm. I was excited every time <laughs> she was on TV to see what kind of crazy shenanigans <laughs> she would do. Like when she turned on John Cena at TLC, I think that was in 2012, and she pushed down the ladder and helped Ziggler win. Mm-hmm. Um, she even did a thing where she like kissed CM Punk and then pushed him down, and him and Cena went through a table together. Mm-hmm. Like she was just such an amazing character, and mm-hmm. her in ring skills, you know. And another question too is, do you think that AJ was ahead of her time? Because what we see now from AJ is more so what we see from women now. So there really wasn't many women at that were even at her level at the time. Yeah, I definitely do. She was extremely talented. And again, I also think it's more so because the women that she was put in the ring with didn't really have a wrestling background. So she was, and you could tell she was a little bit more experienced than everybody because she had a wrestling background. Um, so definitely, yeah, for yeah. for sure. And you could see it, like even with her character, because a lot of these women during the diva era were more so coming out doing their little model walk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have any interesting characters. Yeah. And, like, I remember, you know, the day that, you know, AJ delivered that pipe bomb. Mm, We'll get there, too. You're getting getting ahead. Well, you didn't put down an itinerary for me, but, (laughs) yeah, so go on then. Um, So, back to after she won the championship. All right, so... On August 26, 2013, which is also a significant date because that is mine and Jake's anniversary. <laughs> so on, um, it was Monday Night Raw, I believe it was. And um, there was a match going on between the cast of Total Divas. Um, and I'm pretty sure this was when the first season of Total Divas had aired, to my knowledge. But she came out... And she tore everyone a new asshole. (laughs) Like, this is probably the best pipe bomb, promo, whatever you want to call it, in WWE history. She basically came out, and you can go and watch it on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. You can, um, and listen to it, but it was just, I can't even... Words can't even describe, like, the emotion, the feeling during that pipe bomb. She basically came out and said, 
you know, I didn't get handed everything. I'm not here because I have a famous... I'm not from a famous wrestling family. Yeah, I'm not a model. Um, I'm here because I worked to be here. I busted my ass to be here. Um, Anything you want to add to that? She was 110% accurate with everything she said. Um, now, I, you know, I know the one comment was obviously made towards Natty because she's the only one in that, you know, or on that show that was, you know, had any um, wrestling family, you know, in, in their in the history. Natty is good, though, so I don't want to take anything away from her. But, um, you know, um, you can make an argument that maybe she was noticed by WWE because of the name, you know, like even like Charlotte Flair, if she wasn't Ric Flair's daughter, would she even have had a tryout? Mm-hmm. But, like, she's very good, I will say that. But what she said was accurate. She didn't, you know, she didn't get signed because she was this beautiful model. She didn't get signed because she was from some famous wrestling family or anything like that. She grinded her butt off to get to where she got. And even after getting to the main roster, all she was was just, you know, Daniel Bryant's girlfriend. She worked hard to incline that ladder to get to where she got and that pipe bomb that she delivered on a you know in 2013 on august 26th that was i'm i'm gonna i'm not gonna say it's the best ever i'm gonna put it up there with cm punk her husband his pipe Mm -hmm. bomb was very good as well but um it was very good and like christy said it was on the day we got married you know we were I was sitting in the hotel, she's cooking spaghetti and meatballs, and I'm watching, you know, this amazing pipe bomb by AJ Lee, and yeah, it was, it was good. So, after that, she went on a streak of tearing the rest of the women division down. She defeated Brie Bella, Naomi, and Natalia at Night of Champions, Brie Bella at both Battleground and Hell in a Cell, and Natalia at TLC, and then and Natalia at Main Event. Well, that doesn't. Well, it was okay. a title defense, and she defended against Cameron as well. She was part of that show. Yeah, Cameron and and Naomi Chamber. Not at the same time. It was she fought Cameron. I think it was at Elimination Chamber because Naomi got hurt. Remember, she came back with the eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she had an eye patch. That match was delayed, but yeah, that did happen. Mm-hmm. And then she just went through the whole entire roster on one day at WrestleMania. We'll get there. Yeah, so in uh, January of 2014, she officially became the longest reigning Divas champion at that time. And then she kind of went back to feuding with Vicky Guerrero, who was the general manager at the time. And she forced her to defend her championship in a 14-women match at WrestleMania 30, like you just stated. And, of course, she fucking won. I thought she was going to (laughs) lose. So Honestly, it got to the point. I thought, you know, Vicky was going to screw her or something Yeah, but, and because I'm pretty sure Vicky was sitting out there the whole match Mm -hmm. watching. She was ringside. It was called the Vicky Guerrero's Diva Invitational Uh, Battle. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. But she did it. She won. And then the next night on Raw, which was a very special episode, Paige debuted from NXT and ended her title reign. Yep, that was a two, shocker. 295 days. And we've kind of touched base on this 
in a previous episode of ours. But yeah, um, for the longest time, I, you know, this whole entire time, 295 days, we're like, who is it going to be that's going to take this title from well, her? I, because, always, I knew who it was. Yeah, but you kept saying Paige, and I'm like, there's no way they're just going to bring her up from NXT and just have her win the title after she's literally beaten every single yeah. woman well, in the locker room. I knew, well, I had a good feeling it was going to be Paige just because honestly, just there was really no one on the main roster that was kind of realistically worth, you know how there's a, a champion, they've been champion for so long and you start thinking of names who's going to beat them. Mm-hmm. There was no one I could really think of. Mm-hmm. I just, I did not, to me, AJ Lee winning the Divas title was kind of the start of a new, you know, a revolution. I kind of thought, okay, well, they're going into a different, you know, direction with, you know, their champions. And maybe they're going to go, you know, towards a direction of women who actually, like, go out there and really wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, Paige is in NXT, you know, and she's killing it. Now, I did not think that she was going to come up and win it just like that. I thought she was going to come up and it was going to start a feud and build up a story. Yeah. Because I thought she was going to lose that match. I thought, you know, Paige was going to lose. And then that would set up another match at Extreme Rules Mm -hmm. later on that month. And instead, Paige won. And, you know, AJ took time off. Yeah, she did take some time off. Now, whether this, I'm I'm sure, you know, might have been planned. Who knows? But... Yeah, she came back um, on June 30th and took back the title from Paige kind of the same way that Paige took it from her. She just kind of came out and was like, hey, let's have a match. And she took it back. And then this was kind of, to me, this the feud between her and Paige was kind of a little, I don't want to say annoying, but it was kind of like the whole Sasha and Charlotte thing, like going back and forth, back and forth with the title. So... Um, AJ came back June 30th, took it from Paige, um, and then she retained at Battleground. And then their match at SummerSlam in August, Paige won. And then Nikki and Brie came into the picture, and Stephanie McMahon granted Nikki a title shot. And then it was a three-way between AJ, Paige, and Nikki at Night of Champions in September. And then AJ won, and where she became a record-tying three-time Divas Championship. Um, next to Eve Torres. And then, oh, I don't even want to talk about this. And then she lost the title to Nikki at Survivor Series that November. I I don't even want to talk yeah, about that. About that <laughs> it just was very quick and disrespectful. disrespectful. Um, I, we're just going to skip over that. That's It is what it is. That's what happened. Um, then she lost the rematch at TLC the following month. And at that point, she took time off to heal a pre-existing neck injury. Now, this is kind of where we get into the women's revolution. So in February, um, AJ Lee had sent out a tweet. I don't remember exactly what the tweet said, but it had the hashtag, give divas a chance. So if anybody's wondering where that hashtag came from, it came from AJ Lee it, Flat out. it came right after a match on Raw, a women's match that was like 30 seconds long. Yeah. So that is why some people kind of go back and forth and debate who started the women's revolution. And that's why a lot of people will say AJ Lee or at least Paige and AJ Lee, but mostly 
AJ Lee, because of that hashtag, she basically called out, you know, Stephanie. Well, um, who did she tag in that tweet? Do you Probably remember? Stephanie or Vince. I can't remember who she, I, I know she tagged somebody, but yeah, the hashtag was give divas a chance. And I wish I had that tweet pulled up so I could quote it, but um, she returned that March to help Paige. Um, she was being attacked by Nikki and Brie. And then um, really quick, speaking of Paige, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. So when AJ and Paige were feuding, um, you know, doing the whole back and forth kind of thing. Do you remember how they were frenemies? Yeah. They would punch, you know, punch the other one. Oh, she's fine. Are you okay? She's fine. And then, I don't know, it just kind of came back to my mind about that whole thing because they were frenemies. Um, but anyway, she returned in March to help Paige that was, who was being attacked by Nikki and Brie. And then she tag-teamed with Paige and defeated the Bella Twins at WrestleMania 31. And what's kind of funny about that is she that was her second WrestleMania that she wrestled in. And then that was also her second win at WrestleMania. So she had posted a picture and was like, I'm basically going for the Undertaker streak. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think, no, it was like... She two, mentioned two, Undertaker well, well, yeah, well, she said like, I'm 2-0 at WrestleMania, pretty much going for the Undertaker streak. <laughs> Um, and then the next night on Raw, it was a six-women tag team match. And that was her last match that she had. Um, and looking back on that match, there were a lot of speculations because she that was her last match. And she literally retired right after that. I think it was like either the next day or I that think it night. Was the next day, yeah. um, she had posted a picture of her Chuck Taylors and I guess like her wrestling like gym bag um and i forgot what the caption said but um uh what was i getting ready to say oh yeah there were a lot of speculations that um she was pregnant because that six women tag team match she didn't she wasn't really involved much in the match she kind of you know stayed to the side there was a picture of her and bailey they were kind of taking like a prom photo but like Bailey's hands were on her belly so like standing behind her her hands were on her belly so there were a lot of rumors why she retired um one of them was that she was pregnant obviously she wasn't pregnant because she, she posted a tweet saying she loves her body too much yeah no she loves her abs, uh, her she, abs. yeah she Same said thing. she said abs but um but yeah so in her book uh crazy is my superpower because I was actually confused at why she retired. I mean, she was with the company and she was an active wrestler for, you know, years, but you know, it was just kind of sudden, you know, like most wrestlers, they kind of, I don't want to say take a downfall, but they just kind of slowly inch their way, mm -hmm. you know, off of TV. And now while she was out for a bit, but that was due, you know, to an injury. Um, she stated in her book that she retired because she felt like she accomplished everything that she wanted to accomplish. And I don't know how I feel about that because, and I'm, I don't want to <laughs> get emotional, but it just kind of, it makes me, it made me sad to read that. And it makes me sad to think that she said that because of since she left 
and how far the women's division has come since then, I feel like she could have been a part of so much more. And I still, till this day, I mean, it's been a few years since she's even wrestled, but still till this day, I think of how the division would be different if she were still here. You know, there has just been so many firsts since she's been gone the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. The first ever Money in the Bank match. Royal Rumble. And tag team titles. I just want to know, like, do you think, do, like, did she think that none of that would ever happen? And maybe that's. No, I think she left because of personal problems. I mean, her husband was in legal battles with WWE. And I think she was content and happy with her career. I mean, she won the women or divas title twice. You know, she held it for 295 days. She had a really good feud with Caitlin and Paige. I mean, I mean, I don't think she or knew if the divas titles could transition back to the women's title or anything like that. But in her mind, she did what she wanted to do. And, you know, and like I said, with, I mean, if you, you know, were working for a company that was, you know, in legal issues with me, wouldn't it be kind of weird? Um, I I think it just she just. Yeah. I'm. I think it was a lot of things. I mean, obviously, she didn't mention any legal stuff in her book. I mean, that's kind of basically what she said, quote for quote. Like in her book, she's flat out just said, "I felt like I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish." Mm-hmm. But again, I'm just curious. Like, did she think there was never going to be a first women's money in the bank or yeah. Hell in a Cell match? I I don't know. I just. I don't know. I just wonder. I think her decision was maybe rushed a little bit. I mean, I'm sure she thought it through thoroughly about it and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like she probably didn't think none of that was going to happen. But like I said, in her mind, there was the Divas title and that was it. And she did that three times. I think I said two earlier, but she did that three times. So in her mind, she did what she wanted to do. She won the championship. Which was probably, and she did it three times, which, you know, I think that was more than what she thought, considering that she was in the era that she was, you know, ahead of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what was the question I asked earlier about? And you said we'll get to that. Was it, is she, is she ahead of her era? Well, I think you we answered talk, that. Yeah, we talked about yeah, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what was the question? Um, was she ahead of her era? Was she? We got to start writing stuff down. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but I mean, was she the savior of the Divas Division? Oh, you. Oh, that you asked about the if she started the women's revolution. Yes, that's what you asked. Um. So pretty much, yeah. I, I mean, think she started it. Like, like we mentioned, I think Paige definitely played a role, but she was on the main roster making noise. NXT is a little different because that was Triple H's thing. So Triple H was a lot more fair with women Mm -hmm. and giving them chances. She broke through a glass ceiling and she did something that women of her style don't, you know, do. And she, so she, you know, broke through a lot of barriers during the time where women, you know, like her, were not supposed to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I do believe she definitely played a big role in it, and I think she was one of the pioneers of the women's revolution. She will probably never get credit for it, at yeah. least not anytime soon. And I think she'll eventually get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I think that's when they'll probably start really recognizing her for that. But as of right now, you know, if you ask, you know, anyone who's not really familiar with 
AJ Lee, people will say, oh, it was the Four Horsewomen, Stephanie McMahon, you know, you're going to get a lot of answers, but AJ Lee was the one who really, like, she was the first, you know, women in, or female wrestler in years, you know, that wasn't your model type look, because even, like, in the day, like, even Trish Stratus, she was my model and all yeah. that. Lita was kind of, you know, the one who really stood out. So she, AJ Lee was kind of the Lita of the Divas era. Mm-hmm. So I definitely believe that, you know, if if I had a, you know, you know, like I said, I think a lot of women played a role in the women's revolution. It was something that just kind of just grew. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, AJ Lee was the one who like originally started. If I had a point, you know, or um, point of finger, point of finger would, at one would specific at wrestler, it would be AJ Lee, no doubt in my mind. I believe that even when she said she was the Divas Division, I think she was. You know, yeah. she, uh, no, no female in, um, on, on that roster was making the kind of noise and creating the kind of buzz that AJ did. And, I mean, yeah, like, everyone was talking about AJ. I mean, yeah, you know, you had the total Divas who, you know, they had their fan base, which was cool, but when it came to actually, like, wrestling and being an on-screen character, it was AJ Lee, and she knew how to talk, even when she was cutting that pipe bomb, you know, the divas and everyone could not even touch her with, because they their comments, <laughs> say it to our face, it's you like, know, like uh, Eva and the Bellas, yeah, yeah, they it, could she not. She is saying it to your face, she's right she's out there right saying there, it yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, like... Because they knew. Now, do you think that pipe bomb that she did, do you think, I don't want to say scripted, but do you think they had bullet points? You think? Yeah, I think they gave her, I think they gave her a script and they said, hey, these are some bullet points. Say, because AJ Lee was good on the mic. So she did, she wasn't one of those, you know, wrestlers who needed a script. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been a very well-scripted, we really don't know, but AJ Lee, she made it feel real. Because there's wrestlers who could do that. They could take a scripted, you know, piece of paper, and they could just turn it into their own thing. But I think it had bullet points. Yeah, Because it it was a shot at Total Divas, and it was a, I think that was a storyline on the show. But AJ Lee wasn't on it because she's awesome. Right. Now... Like with you had mentioned CM Punk's pipe bomb that he that was did. real. So, so that's what I'm saying. That so, was 110 percent real. And they real. cut he, his mic off yeah, because he of was that. saying stuff that there's no way <laughs> ever allow. Like so, when AJ being his wife or girlfriend at the time, you know, people speculate. And, yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, that's just something that we'll never know if you haven't listened. To this pipe bomb, I highly YouTube, recommend. just type AJ Lee pipe, pipe bomb. It'll find pop it. right up. First one, I assure you. Millions of views. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of speculations. Like, was, like, did they tell her, hey, go out there and, you know, tear them down? Yep. Or did they say, hey, this is what you're going to do. We really want you to start a feud with the whole locker mm-hmm. room. You know what I mean? Go out there and, you know, you tell them this, this, and this. And like you said, there's some superstars that are just amazing on the mic. Other superstars, you can tell, unfortunately, that they're reading from a script or they're being told what to say. Their acting skills aren't, you know, the best. But that pipe bomb was just 
it was just unbelievable. And another thing I want to touch on, this isn't anything really relevant to that, but when AJ was younger, when she was a kid, when she, I guess, had gotten the wrestling, her dad had bought her tickets to, um, I believe, Monday Night Raw, I believe. And, you know, like I mentioned, she grew up extremely poor, so their seats were not the best. They were very, very high up in the stand, per what she said in her book. And her dad, she mentioned her dad, you know, looking at her and, you know, saying, like, I'm so sorry, I can't get you better seats. And she looked back at him and she said, it's okay, dad, because one of these days I'm going to be in that ring. And, and she, she was. Yep. yep. At WrestleMania and everything. Now, do you think Nikki Bella beating her um, longest reigning Divas champion streak, do you think that that was WWE being petty? Yeah, because they were petty towards CM Punk. They Supposedly he got received his termination, termination on, on their wedding yeah, day. Yeah, I think it was, and it's sad. I mean, I WWE has been known to be petty in the past, and, you know, clearly they wanted to erase her name from the history books, you know, um, so Nikki had all, Nikki, who beat her for the title, I guess, they're like, just why not? Which was really sad, and it sucked because they had Paige lose time and time again, you know, in her matches with Nikki, and it was really frustrating because, you know, like, obviously I'm a big Paige fan. Mm-hmm. And I get, if they wanted to erase it, that's fine, but, you know, they could have done it with someone else. who and They could have done it with Paige. Yeah. You know, do it, you know, don't do it. To me, that was just kind of a, really a big slap in the face, like, for it to be Nikki, mm-hmm. just because she was part of that Total Diva show, which is something that AJ Lee was very much against. Yeah. No offense to anybody that is a fan of Nikki Bella at all. Um, you know, we're everybody has their own opinions. So, but now if she were to come back and have a match, who would you want her to have a match with? Honestly, it's going to be. I would have said Bailey if Bailey was still face, mm-hmm. but I would probably say Sasha, mm-hmm. and that's me being biased because I love Sasha. But <laughs> I, I, like I said, I would love it to have been against Bailey just because we know how much AJ loved Bailey. Her mm-hmm. last match that she fought on Raw, she was wearing the Bailey shirt. Yeah, the I'm a hugger. She really sure. was a fan of Bailey. And yeah, they we were know, they were good friends. She would have put her over in the ring so bad. And I think she knew when she was retiring, this is the best way. The only way she can kind of give. Bailey any kind of rub so I, I would if Bailey was still a face I would say that or I mean they still could make it work with the story mm-hmm. AJ could kind of go out there and say you know hey she's you know not staying true to her real self you know and so on and so forth but I would have to say Sasha yeah what about you my dream match with AJ Lee would be with Lita just because that's her idol Mm -hmm. and you know to it's one thing to watch your idol on tv but then to actually get in the ring and have a match it's it's surreal you know so that would be my dream match with her but on the current roster i would say alexa bliss just not only their mic skills mic skills are great their in in ring skills are great but also because they're the same size, yeah. <laughs> ultimately. Um, I think they're both five foot two. Um, I, I know that AJ Lee is fairly short, and 
that kind of ties into her um, submission move, her finisher, well, not finisher, submission move, the Black Widow. And she had made a comment about that finisher um, when she was asked about it. And she said um, she had to come up with something because she's very, very small. Now, I can't really describe what the Black Widow is. You can Google it, look it up. It uh, It's the same move that Candice LeRae does. It's just called the octopus. What he said. Copycat. Anyway, um, but yes, yeah, she said that she had to come up with something or, you know, get something that could ultimately be used to her benefit because it's not like, you know, like Nikki had um, the rack attack. AJ Lee can't... It wouldn't be... She can't pick up people and do F5s Yeah, like, so, and, you know, so she had to find something that would work for her, and that is perfect. That is a very perfect submission move for her. So, there's speculations. Um, She had mentioned in an interview, somebody had asked her if she would ever wrestle again, and she... She didn't say yes, but she didn't say no. She basically said she doesn't have plans to, but at the same time, she's learned to never say never. Yeah. So I really hope we get to see her in the ring at least one more time. Me too. Even if it's just for one match, I don't care. I would love to see her come back, mm-hmm. but who knows if it'll be with WWE, AEW, Impact, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. Yep. So I think we've talked enough. (laughs) That's going to conclude our episode for today. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter if you're not already at OfaceWrestling. And also another shout out to those wrestling girls for inspiring this episode. Go follow them as well at TWrestlingGirls. And we will talk to you all in our next episode. Bye. Bye.